Hi, and welcome to another episode of Down Murder Lane, True Crime Podcast. Hello. This is episode 12. Hi. Stephen Zelich and Keith Addy, and we are on location in West Dallas, Wisconsin. And, Dallas! And we have a very special guest. Her name is Maggie. Say hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. She went with us on our little murder adventures. Tonight. And also, she went with us to New Orleans. Yes. Yes. So... Yeah, my cats are like running Your around like cats are wilding out upstairs <laughs> right now. It's like what's going yeah, on? Is it's like a, a house party. It's like a stampede every night. It. It's like a stampede. That's why we supposed to have to lock them up. Anyway, it's a stampede upstairs yeah. right now. Sorry oh. if you hear my cats running yeah, around so like Maggie's crazy. Yeah, so Maggie's hanging with us tonight. We went on adventures in West Dallas this evening, and she's been with us, so she's hanging out drinking some Snoop wine yeah. with us yes. this evening. So. We're gonna. This is a special um, kind of ca- episode for uh, two cases. So the the Wisconsin suitcase murderer and Keith Addy. Uh, so both of these are convicted murderers who resided in Heather's hometown. So that over there is Heather. Yeah, that's me. And I am Jessica. And we are in West Dallas, Heather's stomping grounds. She yeah. showed us around tonight. I took the girls on a Dallas hood rat adventure. Like driving through alleys and like this is this is where I grew up. This was my alley. This is where my friends live. It's not hood rat. This it's, is it was I hot know, girl. So cute. Hot girl shit. It's hot girl <laughs> shit. Yeah, we don't call it hood rat shit. It's hot girl shit. So no, I took them like in the alleyways. I, I showed them like the, where I like rode my bike to go to get candy. Where you grew up. Where I grew up. Show me where her boy, her old my boyfriend, boyfriend lives. All, all your best my friends. My best friends. And then we took a quick detour. To Jeffrey Dahmer's grandma's house, yeah. just for fun. Seven blocks away from where I grew up. And we drove down the alley just because... Seven blocks. Just Showed him my we... elementary school, my high school. Yeah. Showed him the wall that people painted on in my high school. Showed them... Um, the liquor stores where you used to underage drink. The liquor store, <laughs> the bars. So the, fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just everything. It the alley is really... like where I used to like... Sneak and smoke cigarettes and weed and stuff. It's <laughs> so fun. Um, and okay, so coming yeah. from obviously, I'm you know coming from Florida, there was no alleys. Everyone just has driveway. And then our friend Maggie is from Mexico. They don't have alleys there, do they? No, it's no. all just driveways. Just yeah, dirt roads. They are so creepy. The just dirt way. roads. No. <laughs> and donkeys. <laughs> She's Mexican. No, she's not. right here. She's like, no, we actually no. I can make fun of West Dallas. She can make fun of Mexico. No <laughs> one else can. It's true. No, no. It's true. true. It's driveways. There's driveways, right? Yeah. So We're alleys are quiet. creepy. No. Alleys are good. No. Good stuff happens in alleys. They're creepy. No. I just feel like I don't like when you drive down and it's narrow and like, what if someone else is driving down that way? And then, then you, you can't drive. Back it up into the T alley, and you let the other person go, or you have a showdown, and you're That's like, "Too much stress." All right, fucker, I'm going. You're not going. And then there's trash cans. Yeah, and, yeah. And I then don't... when it snows, there's a lot of pressure because you got to get all that snow out of there so people can get through and park and put their garbage away. I can't see. That's just too much pressure. I think it's too creepy. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. But then it's funny. The back of the roots. houses are nicer than <laughs> the front of the houses. A lot of the from the alleys, yeah. like they had nice patios and yeah. everything. I don't know. I'm sure they're just yeah. fine. It's just yeah. us being crazy. Yeah, because we're I, not used to it. I just grew like up basements with alleys. were right. creepy oh, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You right. don't have basements. Right. We don't have. Basements. I grew no. up with basements and alleys, so bring it's, the creepiness. It's normal yeah, you for you. Bring it. There's to no basements me. in Florida. It's all like swampy. You don't have basements in Mexico. No, we don't. <laughs> Where do you put your donkeys? We park them. Do you, post and you, just, you put the rope around. We Stay have, here, burro. We don't, we don't have <laughs> <laughs> I have good night. <laughs> Not normal house. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're getting way off topic. Yeah. Here we go. So, we're ready to talk about this? Yeah, we're ready. All it's, right. It's a uh, two part Dallas episode, an homage to my hometown. It's very exciting. Very exciting. Loves oh, to... I also took them to our favorite custard place. Oh, golden euros. Golden euros. My, my stomach is still growling. We, I can we ate it in the car. Hot Sunday. <laughs> they ordered a hot fudge Sunday, and it was legit like five scoops of custard. It's insane. They both feel ill right now. Yeah. It's like 
Like half my stomach is Snoop wine and half of my stomach is custard and it does not mix together. Hibachi. And hibachi and no sushi. And no I just sushi. had one scoop of Oreo. Oreo. I'm fine. And we jammed to Justin Bieber. <laughs> we did. We sat in the car, ate custard, and listened to Justin Bieber really loud. It was an amazing night. Thing. So we definitely yeah, it's been a took, good day, guys. took a couple trips down Murder Lane tonight. So, all right, everybody, come take a trip with us. Down Murder Lane. All right, so first up, we are going to talk about the case of Stephen Zelich, whom the media dubbed the Wisconsin Suitcase Murderer. I just want to know if it was a Samsonite. You know, what kind I, of suitcase was it? Was it a Samsonite or was it something like off brand that he got at like TJ Maxx? Or like Kmart, because the Kmart was not very far. True. Okay. Was the Kmart still open in 2012? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might have been. Maybe he got it from there. Maybe he had a 30% off at Kohl's. And he ter- no, ter- what was it, like Territory or yeah. Northwest Territory? Anyway, okay. Yeah. So seeking um, no limit enslavement, imprisonment, captivity, animalization, and ideally in a caged situation. This is what convicted murderer Stephen Zelich's ad for soliciting partners on a bondage and... Sad- why, why do you give me big words like that? Sadomasochism. Thank you. S&M. It's too late for big words I'm like sorry. that. I'm sorry. Website said. So Zelich. S&M, like the Rihanna S&M. song. Yeah, that's S- all I can think. S&M. Yes, I yeah, like it. So Zelich, he's a former West Dallas police officer, uh, frequented S&M websites under the alias Mr. Handcuffs. Give me a fucking break. I know. I was laughing so hard. Like, his name is Mr. Handcuffs, and he probably, like, types, and he's like, <laughs> He's so cool. I'm so cool. My name is Mr. Handcuffs. Oh, I hate this guy already. I know. <laughs> I know got like, okay. if, if somebody solicited you, and they're like, yeah. Hey, Maggie, my name is Mr. Handcuffs. Oh, gosh. What's up? Mm. Oh. And you're like, Ew, Yeah, I'm, I know. You hear my stomach? <laughs> <laughs> Heather thinks it was funny to take us for all this freaking... What's it called? <laughs> Custard. You guys can't hang with can't Dallas. Can't hang with Dallas. Can't <laughs> you hang with Dallas. You can't hang. It's a lot to take. Okay, so he was on these websites looking um, for searching. For... <laughs> you, you I'm laughing because it's funny. Like, I'm the only one. I'm from West Dallas and I'm fine. And it's you because guys... you're used to it. <laughs> I'm conditioned. I can handle it. You've conditioned to Dallas life. My body it. is conditioned I... for that amount of dairy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and cheese. I can't. Okay. All right. I swear yeah. we're not drunk. I swear. We've okay. had some Snoop wine, but it's just not a, that only crazy. Only a little bit. We're just drunk on happiness. Yes. Okay, carry on. Okay. So he's a former <laughs> West Dallas police officer. He liked to go into these websites, and he searched for submissive sex slave partners. So that is where he met his two victims, 19-year-old Jenny Gomez and 37-year-old Laura Simonson. Am I saying it right? Yep. Okay. Gomez was killed in Kenosha, Wisconsin in late uh, 2012, and Simonson was killed in Minnesota mid-2013. So both were killed in hotel rooms during these dates. So Zelich claimed that both died accidentally during sex, uh, during breathe play, which I'm sure is bullshit. Breath play, like where... Like, what BTK was into yeah. that shit. Like, where like, you choke yourself out, like, auto-erotic asphyxiation. Yeah. yeah, until you're about to pass out. I am not no. ever trying that. No, it's weird. No. So he admitted that after causing their deaths, he put their bodies into suitcases and mm. hid them in his apartment in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Awesome. So, um, the suitcases were later put in the trunk of his vehicle after they started to smell. Jeez. And then dumped along a Geneva, Wisconsin rural roadway in tall grass. On June 5th, 2014, a highway worker discovered the pair of discarded suitcases. Now, I just want to back up. Jenny Gomez was killed in 2012, late 2012, and Simonson was killed in mid-2013. And he dumped the bodies in 2014. So, Jenny Gomez was in his freaking refrigerator for a year and a half and Laura Simonson was there for about a year in his refrigerator just hmm. hanging out so did he have two refrigerators like where did he keep no, his just food wait. 
Oh, okay. Wait. Sorry. I'm skipping yeah, ahead. Yeah, I'm skipping yeah. ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. So according to the subsequent criminal complaint, the more decomposed of the two bodies was partially concealed in black plastic garbage bags and had her hands bound behind her back with rope. The other body was found with a rope wrapped around her neck, had a sexual ball gag strapped into her mouth with a collar and was naked. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, my belly is still growling. Jessica's stomach is still talking about the custard we ate. Anyways, Laura Simonson was immediately identified from her dental records. Jenny Gomez was initially unable to be identified and was labeled as a Jane Doe. Gomez was last seen by her family in Cottage Grove, Oregon in 2012, at which time she was, she would have, she told them she was moving and had not been reported missing. Walworth County released a composite sketch of Gomez, which led friends and family to identify her. The, identifi- the identification of Jenny Gomez was confirmed by dental records on June 28, 2014. So that's 23 days after she was found. On June 24, 2014, so just three days beforehand, before her identity was confirmed, Zelich was charged with two counts of hiding a corpse and given a million-dollar bail. He continued to use S&M dating websites after the recovery of the bodies and was arrested on June 27. He was later charged with murder. So in between that time where they found the bodies and yeah. he got arrested, he was on there. He was on there trying Mr. to do Handcuffs it again. Mr. Was... Handcuffs was handcuffing it up. Jeez. Yeah. So creep. they find the bodies, and he probably sees it on the news, and he's like, oh, shit, that was me. Well, Mr. Handcuffs, back yeah. at it again. Jeez. I know. What a I wonder dick. if he had any other, you know, like, situations with girls or, you know what I'm saying? Like, anyway. Sorry, my mind's just going a million miles. So, he had all right. a lot of situations with girls. You're yeah. not here. All right. More. So prosecutors said that Zelich planned to kill the two women prior to meeting them and that he searched for victims whose disappearances would not be unusual due to personal issues or upcoming changes in their lives. So, so strategically knew, chosen. Because he was a police officer. He yeah. kind of knew these were not going to be reported. Like, this young girl is living a very kind of transient life right now. She's her life is in flux, so nobody's gonna really notice if she she's moving. Mm-hmm. Nobody's really gonna notice if she just kind of goes off the radar for yeah. a while, because she's young. And then the other one, she had some issues going on. Yeah, and we'll get into that. Okay, that people re- really didn't. It wasn't weird for her to like to like disappear off right. the map for a little yeah. while. So, all right. So Jenny Gomez was a student who was in the process of relocating. She had told her family that she was moving, and she had not been in contact with them often. So when they did not hear from her, they just assumed she was she had moved on with her life. Uh, in regards to Laura Simonson, uh, Farmington, Minnesota police issued a missing persons report that stated that Laura was a vulnerable adult who had complications from mental health issues and could not be without her medication. Her family was not surprised when she went missing, as she had been struggling with mental issues for quite some time. I read that she had seven children. What? Yeah. Seven? She had seven children, and she lost custody of them due to her mental health oh, issues. Man. I don't know where the dad, like, what the situation was with the dads or anything. So, it's clear that he found this out about her, that she was vulnerable, mm-hmm. and was like, well, she's an easy mark. Yeah. I can get her to come here, and nobody's really going to notice that she... It's not going to be weird if she disappears because she has mental issues. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So prosecutors say Zelich used his 17 years of experience as a police officer to plan and execute the crimes and then to give investigators only what he needed in order to confirm what he believed they already knew. So prosecutors introduced a new motion that outlined how the woman died and also introduced a third woman um, identified as Petra that Zelich had contacted the day after he disposed of the victim's bodies. For real. Dumps them and then Mr. Hancock's is back online again. Talking to another Talking girl. to another chick. In this motion, prosecutors outlined how they believed Zelich planned to kill Jenny Gomez before he met her face-to-face and that he planned to kill her before she boarded a plane to um, in Oregon to come to Wisconsin. Wow. Yeah. 
<clears throat> All right, so to do that, prosecutors stated that they needed to talk about Simonson's death as well as what happened with Petra in the court documents. The DA said that showing what happened to Gomez and Simonson together shows that Zelich desired a fantasy life that included possessing these bodies and that they are almost like prized possessions and that he had premeditated ways to obtain these prized possessions. The motion states Zelich could have found any number of ways to dispose the bodies while he had them. And the fact that he didn't meant that for some reason he wanted to keep them, like trophies. Yeah. They argued that his decision to keep the bodies as long as he did for over a freaking year indicates that he was motivated by an unhealthy fixation with possessing women's dead, dead bodies. Like, that's disgusting. So does it come, does he, like, have other... Like Tris, no, like does he have other like um, I don't even know how to say it. Like other instances where he has he's gone out with women or talked to women, done S and M with other women, but he didn't like hurt them or. So are these the only two he ever had like? You know, like dating. Yeah, um, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't clear. I didn't hear anything about S and M stuff with him and issues with like being. There's one, we'll get into it, where it's... Like, was this a pattern? Did he... He had a pattern of disturbing behavior with women. And then... In general. Online, but then when these women did not meet up with him? He had a pattern in general in life with okay. disturbing interactions with women. Okay. Which you'll see. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So, he had a fixation with possessing women's dead bodies. The motion continued, quote... This is further exhibited by the defendant's admissions that he removed all food from his refrigerator in order to store Jenny Gomez's body. He essentially gave up the modern convenience of refrigerating his food for well over a year to maintain Jenny Gomez's body in his home. So he's like, I'm just not going to use my refrigerator for over a year because I need to keep this Did body. Did he not like milk? Did he not like have <laughs> ice cream? Ice cream? cream? <laughs> Nothing. Cheese? He lived in West Dallas, like, he lived, like, didn't he go to Golden Euros right down the street and ever get too much custard and have Yeah, a, like, save the rest for the yeah, next day? exactly. I mean, that, strange. that, that no hot condiment you got Did tonight he not, like, was so big, like, there's no way. If he walked the five like, blocks there. down, there's no way he could finish that. Where did he put it? Oh, my gosh. What a waste. He probably just threw it out. Yeah. That's another reason why we don't like this guy. Exactly. Okay. All right. So he gives up his refrigerator because he has to put bodies in his fridge instead of food. Okay. This desire provides a motive, the motion states, with his unhealthy fixation of keeping women's bodies as trophies, leading him to intentionally kill these women. The prosecutors outlined that as soon as he got rid of Jenny and Laura's bodies, he was immediately in contact with someone else in a similar manner to likely repeat the same series of events. So he dumps them and does the same shit again, trying. He told this woman, Petra, on June 5th, 2014, that he wanted her in, quote, absolute captivity and to be a permanent slave to live with him forever, end quote. Weirdo. So Mr. Hancock says that to you, uh, red flag, red flag. Yeah. Right. I mean, I understand that, well, S&M, that lifestyle, it's all about domination and sure stuff like that. So maybe that was just the way they spoke to each other. But. Right. Like, I don't have S&M conversations with people, so I guess I'm not really sure, yeah. like, what normal S&M conversation is like. If you do, slide into Heather's DMs. Yeah, if you know not about it. I mean, mine. I guess I'll just, like, watch Fifty Shades of Grey again <laughs> and just, like, find out what Mr. Grey says to whatever her name is. What was her name? I can't remember her name. Anastasia. 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 What does he say to Anastasia. I don't he says some shit to her. I don't remember. I read those books so I was long like, Dude, ago. If somebody oh, I said that to me, I would be like, "Oh, I read the book. They're pretty intense books." Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So just as the case was getting ready to go to trial and a jury was to be picked in January 2016, Zelich pled guilty to the murder of Jenny Gomez in early 2016. He received 35 years imprisonment upon sentencing in March 2016. He only received 35 years. Yeah, for her. Because they can't prove that he murdered her. It could have been just an accident. So, like a. Yeah, and well, he pled. 
In February 2017, he was sentenced to 25 years to life for the murder of Laura Simonson. Zelich received another 10 years for the charges of hiding uh, their corpses in October of 2007, uh, 2017. So currently he is serving his 35-year sentence in Wisconsin for the murders of Jenny uh, Gomez. F. After that sentence is complete, he will then need to serve the 25-year sentence in Minnesota for the murder. Good. So it's not running consecutive. It's no. It's totally... He has to go to Minnesota after In he... service time there. Yeah. Good. So some argue that these crimes could have been prevented. According to Fox 6, um, now Milwaukee, during his time as a West Dallas police officer, excuse me, Zelich stacked up a personal file three to four inches thick. It included complaints to the West Dallas uh, Police Department. Oh my gosh! I know uh, about him from several victims. This so is a what I was alluding to. Oh, a hairstylist, um, exotic dancers, uh, sex workers, a college student, and a bartender. After claiming that Zelich was stalking them and would not stop. So in 2001, he's a creep. Yeah, dude's a creep. So um, a sex worker went to the West Dallas police and told them Zelich would not let her out of his apartment and was afraid he was going to kill her after she heard the sound of handcuffs. So he later slammed her to the floor and choked her. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how many, like if you're a police officer and you get all these, you get these complaints, like how long, like is it after one or two it goes to like the commission to investigate? Like I need to know these things. Like how did this guy get away with so many complaints? I don't really know. They described his file as being three to four inches thick. With complaints. With complaints and issues. He was suspended a few times for, like, misconduct. Okay. There was one time that he got into an accident with a squad car and didn't report it right away. My so, gosh. like, they, he got suspended for that. He had a lot of issues, but a lot of it was, like, really creepy behavior towards women mm-hmm. and them calling the police filing a complaint, being like, this dude pulled me over and he was a fucking creep. Oh my gosh, it's the worst nightmare. I know. All right. Okay. So moving right along, investigators questioned Zelich about information from another accuser, an exotic dancer at Heartbreakers in West Dallas, which he frequented often, saying she had moved three times and changed her unpublished phone number three times. However, he always found her address and phone number anyway fucking creep so this girl is like three times she moves and three times she changes her phone number and he, and he finds still her. finds her so yeah he finds her anyways an investigator told Zelich the reason she stopped answering your phone calls and actually stopped dancing on Sunday nights was because she was afraid of you you were stalking her documents from the investigation showed that he would perform traffic stops on exotic dancers, like he would watch them leaving Heartbreakers or Spotlight, his other place he Mm -hmm. went, to obtain their license plate information, address, and phone numbers. And then he would stalk them afterwards. Oh, my gosh. Fucking creep. Yeah. So bad. So in one case, Zelich offered to trade his handcuffs that he had placed on a dancer in exchange for her police officer strip routine. Oh, man. I roll. Yeah. Yeah. In another complaint, a female victim told police that Zelich would block her car in an alley. So, in an alley. Stabbing. We have alleys. We have legit fears of alleys. Well, I mean, I have positive associations with alleys. I get it. All right. But anyways. But he used the alleys to disadvantage. Mm -hmm. All right. So, he blocked her car in an alley, so she was forced to have conversations with him even though she had a fiancé close by and a baby with her. Oh, my gosh. She told investigators that he scared her. When they questioned him about this, his response was, I'm a cop. I'm supposed to scare people. Oh, you're not. Oh, my gosh. What? And he was still able to be a, a police officer. Yeah. And he says that to the investigators. He's like, well, I'm a cop. I'm supposed to scare people. Like, she's wow. supposed to be afraid of me. Oh, my gosh. I hate this guy. Yeah, I know. He's a total piece of shit. All right, so West Dallas Police investigated some of the claims but never filed any charges with the district attorney's office. Not even after the allegations made by the sex worker who alleged he held her against her will and assaulted her. And they never fired him, so instead they allowed him to resign. Yeah. So in his resignation letter, Zelich wrote that he offered to resign so that charges would not be referred to the DA's office. So Zelich resigned from the West Dallas Police Department in August 2001. Good. 
So 12 years before the murder of uh, Jenny Gomez. So at the time of the murders, he was working as a private security guard. So of course he was. It was 12 years. Bef- well, he was a police officer before the murder. Right. But it was... People knew he was a creep for years, and he just went completely unchecked. Wow. So we do not know if the West Dallas police could have done something to prevent that. I'm sorry, to prevent what happened after Zelich... Selich's employment with the department ended. But we do know that after he went unchecked and left his job there, he did become a double murderer. Stephen Zelich will be at least 88 years old before he is released from prison. So, so yeah, what are your thoughts? First of all, I love West Dallas Police Department. I have had so many like interactions with them when I worked over there, and every officer that came was always amazing. Yeah. They were always so nice. That's we, great. I never I had have friends any that are West Dallas police officers. Of course, we love West Dallas. We love police officers. And I West grew Dallas. up in West Dallas, so I had some I had some experiences with West Dallas police officers that were not ideal. Okay. However, it was because I was acting a fool. <laughs> and you had your door removed. I was from your room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's one time that literally all of my friends were put in paddy wagons and brought to the West Dallas Police Department. And your parents had to come pick you up? No, I was over 18, so oh, I got so to you... leave on my own. Thank goodness. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I had some, I you know... I do. I know, I love her stories. I have some stories, but, I mean, like, my adult interactions with... After I stopped being a hooligan, <laughs> my adult interactions with the West Dallas Police Department are perfectly pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're always... And I, mean, I have a couple friends that are West Dallas cops. Yeah. Yeah, apartments really, I mean, I've had no problems, all positive, but I hate that he even, like, is associated with them. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm sure that they don't like it either. Yeah. And I read a statement from the chief, and he was just kind of like, you know, we're not proud of this. Yeah. And then he stayed around and lived in that area. In the community. I wonder where he was a private detective, or a private investigator, or security guard, whatever. Well, I saw, I didn't put this in the notes, but... When he was working as a West Dallas cop, he would moonlight as a security guard at hotels hmm. when he was off duty. Yeah. So they make good money doing that too. Yeah, often. and I'm sure he's also like looking for sex workers and people. To yeah, like... probably. Oh, all right. So that's yeah, so that's Stephen Zellich, total fucking creep, piece of crap, Dallas creeper. We hate you. <laughs> yep. We. All right. So now on to another Dallas creeper. <laughs> The case of Keith Addy. All right, so Christine Lamont received a very bizarre call on a cold night in March. Christine, whose professional name was Cindy, ran an escort service named Beautiful Blondes. Hmm. Very creative name. Why are you looking at me? Because you're blonde. Okay. And you're oh. beautiful. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. It's just funny. You could like, work for them. <laughs> Beautiful blondes. I just think, well, it's just not a very creative name. That's true. Like, she could have yeah, just got a little more jazzy with that. Yeah. Like, have some puns or something yeah. in there. Beautiful blondes. All right. Okay. <laughs> Snoozer. Basic AF. Yeah. All right. Most Johns who called knew to never mention anything sexual while on the phone with her. Escort services provide social companions meaning they operate by saying that if the escort chooses to have sex with the client, that's her business. Okay. Fair enough. Yep. But this caller was different. He spoke in an odd, monotone voice. He seemed flustered. Christine described him as a nervous robot. Hmm. He gave a list of demands. I would like a girl that enjoys being tied up, whipped, and blindfolded. What is with these dudes in Dallas? I know. Oh this Her was S&M. not my experience growing up in Dallas. Thank goodness. Yeah, I didn't encounter these kinds of dudes. <laughs> no. Okay. Anyways, maybe it's because I like you left. Scared them. <laughs> I, scared I scared them. them. <laughs> maybe I did. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> oh gosh. I'm just thinking nervous robot and like nervous robot. I would like beep beep. I would like a girl, a girl that up. enjoys being tied up, whipped okay. and blindfolded. Beep beep boop boop. I would like hang up. <laughs> Just hang up. <laughs> you like my robot noise? I do. Beep, beep, boop, boop. Boop, boop. <laughs> All right. So, he continued on with the call and gave great detail. 
Christine responded that this was not how her business operates. She was creeped out, but business was business, and she told him that someone would call him back. I mean, this was after the 9-11, so it was a recession. So business is business. you got to get money where you can. you got to yeah. hustle. That's true. I get if it. If a nervous robot calls you, you got to take their money. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know that beep, nervous beep, robot. Beep, beep. All I could think of was JT. Right. And his, I see the filthy video. Yes. It's a great robot. Yes, totally. I don't know. Something tells me that this guy was not as good of a robot as JT. JT. This is true. Justin Timberlake's robot is on another level. Yeah. Keith Addy's robot. Keith Addy had no neck. No. <laughs> you will see the pictures. Yeah, we will post. He has no neck. Like, no neck man. Yeah. This is where his deep robot voice came from. <laughs> beep, beep, boop, boop. So creepy. Boop. All right. All right. So she quickly hung up before the robot could say anything else. <laughs> Christine then started calling around to her girls and described the customer. The first girl she reached flat out turned down the job, saying it was too weird. Good job. That's mm-hmm. very smart. Yeah, I'm sure she... After calling around and getting turned down, she reached 19-year-old Anna Marie Lewandowski, a curvy blonde who lived in Cudahy. Anna Marie was willing to do it. Anna Marie left the job information with her cousin, Jacqueline Lewandowski, who was also her roommate, and drove to the job, which is located at 8707 West National Avenue in West Dallas. There, the client, the man with the robotic voice, (laughs) (laughs) requested an hour with Anna Marie. When she did not return home a day later, her cousin called the police. Wow. Boop. Beep. So another West Dallas. So West Dallas getting all the creepers. They, they were dispatched to an efficiency apartment in the building to investigate the whereabouts of Anna Marie uh, Lewandowski. So 26-year-old Keith Addy answered the door. He was average height with a muscular build. And no neck. However, I mean, you guys will understand when you see the picture. Dude, the picture. Do robots have necks? That's what I'm saying. They're real boxy. They, they can't. Well, they yeah. can <laughs> the real boxy is the neck. He's just the box in the head. He's just a box in the head. The what? The one from Star Wars. Oh, like R2-D2? a C three two? No, R two D two was like the C three PO. C three PO was C3. the yeah. He had a neck. He oh, was yeah, he, he was proportioned. This guy. He was proportioned. <laughs> did you see the pictures of this guy? I did. He has I no neck. <laughs> All right, carry on. All right. So, upon upon, uh, being questioned, Addie denied having any contact with Lewandowski. However, given that there was a strong odor of cleaning products in the apartment and the fact that Addie had a past conviction as a sex offender, um, aroused immediate suspicions um, in the office. Officers. um, In the officers, sorry. Backup was called for and a search of the premises commenced. So, yeah. All right. So being the uh, the apartment building, um, behind the apartment building in a garage dumpster, police made an awful discovery. A female, uh, um, a dismembered female body. So the torso was almost completely cut in half and had been sealed quadruple bagged inside heavy duty garbage bags next to it were three more garbage bags and a duffel bag so the duffel bag held the torso's missing limbs and head another double bagged garbage bag had been i mean he must have gotten some deals and some garbage bag yeah go through maybe it was they weren't hefty 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 no like 11 percent rebate at menards (laughs) the garbage bags i don't know okay so on the other bag um had been stuffed with a purse, black satin bed sheet, and a bloody hood from a winter jacket. So he thinks he has these sexy bed sheets? Like, that's satin so sheets. gross. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I got these black satin bed sheets. Oh. I feel like Mr. Handcuffs probably had black satin. He probably did have yeah. satin sheets. They're probably red. I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. They're probably like red, red, red satin sheets, and he's know. like, come here, I'm Mr. Handcuffs. Oh, so gross. Hey, oh I know. Gosh. I don't like it at all. Just if anybody is listening to this and you're thinking about getting satin sheets. And if you have them, just get rid of them. Yeah, girls don't like that shit. We don't. No. It's gross. No. Just be normal. Yeah. Well. Uh, oh, Maggie's well. Maggie's like, well. well she kind of well, likes it. Do they have those in Mexico? They do have satin. satin <laughs> She's in Mexico. Mexico. Do you like them? I never had them. 
Girls don't like them. I, yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, if I'm going to go to... If I'm going to go to somebody's house and they're going to have satin sheets, I'm going to be like, eh. Yeah. I don't really know. Sleeping on top of the comforter. Yeah. I don't really think I... Yeah. I'm interested. Never. Yeah. Mr. Handcuffs. All right. So the other, um, another of the garbage bags held a kitchen knife, Mm. hammer, Mm. and one of two handwritten notes the police would find that had been torn up. So another plastic bag held a rolled up carpet runner wrapped around two bloody saws a bloody bath towel and a bloody bath mat and pillow. West That's a Dallas, lot of blood. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. A West Dallas police were certain the man they arrested was responsible for this murder, but to understand exactly what happened, they would need the help of forensic science. So the body parts were transported to the Milwaukee Counter, County Medical Examiner's Office, and all other evidence was cata- um, cataloged and taken to the Milwaukee branch of um, Wisconsin's State Crime Lab to be analyzed by experts. So, for starters, trace evidence was examined at the Milwaukee lab. This is perhaps the broadest field of forensics. The trace lab analyzed analyzes, identifies, and matches various types of fibers, paints, chemicals, particles, hair, glass, plants, and soil. The trace lab also determines fuels and chemicals used in arsons and explosion, explosions. This is the bulk of the trace lab's work. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. So, but they probably got this and like, man, yeah. we're just used to looking at yeah. this kind of, all of a sudden now we have body parts? Well, they didn't get They're the body parts. They, you'll see what they got. Okay. But I just have to like give everybody a heads up here. When I was working on this, I nerded out like hardcore about this forensic shit like, I was literally, like, engulfed in it. I nerded out hardcore about it. So we're going to go pretty deep into the forensic stuff here. So okay. hopefully you find this as fascinating as I did. Well, But I was, like, hardcore crime nerd. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's super interesting. But the fact, and I don't know, I haven't read the rest of this, but the fact that they got there, this guy's a sex offender. Yeah. Her, she was known, this is her last place he's been arrested why did they have to go to get all this forensic evidence if... Because he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. He wouldn't talk. So they talk. just needed to use that... Okay. So they had to build forensic evidence against him because there were no witnesses. Yeah. Besides just that well, she went there. Well, a lot of circumstantial stuff. There was like circumstantial the, stuff, phone but there number was... And the... Yeah. And that the, the record from the escort company... Yeah. And the cousin that she was there and all that stuff. Hmm. But they had no ID on the body yet that it was her, mm-hmm. he wouldn't talk, and he was saying he didn't have, that she left or whatever, and yeah. like, I don't know what happened to her. Wow. So he wouldn't talk. Yeah. So they had to go Make through sure was all this forensic rigmarole. Okay. So when the trace lab examined the saws found at the dumpster behind Keith Addy's apartment, it was able to determine that hair and skin I tissue know. on the saws were consistent with the victims. So that's what they were looking at, the saws, not the body parts. Not the bodies, okay. Which is fucking gross. Yeah. Like, hi, here's a saw with, like, human... Yeah, uh, hair and like, stuff on it. Like, hair and, like, skin and fibers yeah. of a body. The Ugh. lab also determined that the rope segment pulled from the dumpster matched a rope found in Keith Addy's apartment. Although he had already been arrested, Addy um, had yet to admit to the crime. Right. However, thanks to the trace lab, evidence was mounting against him. All right. So next up for forensics was the identification lab, where they are best known for fingerprint analysis. This is one of the oldest forms of forensic science, which has been used since the late 1800s. This lab is also called on to process and analyze tire tread and shoe impressions. Most of their work involves fingerprints, which are divided into three categories non-porous, porous, and sticky surfaces. Non-porous items are typically fingerprinted using traditional methods such as the commonly known dusting technique. Mm -hmm. Examiners dust superfine powders over surfaces, picking up impressions and yielding visible fingerprints. Porous surfaces like paper are harder for lifting fingerprints. Chemicals are commonly used that react with the amino acids in sweat secretion and when dried fingerprints appear. Isn't that fascinating? That's really interesting. I know. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say that I had like a fraudulent contract and I gave it to you and there was like some white collar crime shit. And I was like, I never gave that contract to her. 
They could be like bullshit, Heather. Your fingerprint. Your fingerprint is on that piece of paper. That's super interesting. I love that. I know. It's fascinating. This is why I was nerding out about it so hard. I was like working on it last night. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking cool. But you know what? I have to take it back. If we know the forensics is what it is and they can pretty much track anything and, and they do, wear fucking gloves. Like, come on, like, it's like basic knowledge. Isn't it like basic knowledge? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to do some white collar crime, I guess I'm wearing gloves. Yeah. Wear gloves all the time. Yeah. And like, has nobody seen? I'm just doing one robot arms over here. Dexter. And has it not everyone seen like American Psycho? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All those are like common sense things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although I can sit on the couch and like eat Cheetos and watch, you know, Snapped and be like, what an idiot. I mean, we like, are they got totally what an armchair idiot. quarterbacking yes. these people. It's, this is what I'm doing right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, we like Monday morning quarterback these yeah. murders like motherfucker. Yeah, I love it. I know. We're like, well, if I would have done that, I yeah. would have worn gloves. Yeah. Got to do these things. That's why right. we got caught. Exactly. <laughs> Bitch assness. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. So back to the papers, the chemicals are commonly um, used to react with amino acids and sweat secretion, and when dried, fingerprints appear. This is commonly done when examining documents like fraudulent checks. Okay. Super interesting. Yeah. So this is my favorite part. Okay. I was really excited about this part. Okay. All right. So sticky materials like tape are examined with chemicals known as WAPs. <laughs> <laughs> But it's spelled oh. W-O-P-S. Oh, Whoops. Wops. Wops. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I'm just going to say it's You're called You're just calling wop. it Wops. So I'm looking at whoop. Wop. Or whoop. Wop. Not whoop. There it is. It is. That's it's what I'm thinking. Wop. <laughs> this shit is wop. Okay. All right? The wop is painted on the sticky surface. Then a washing process removes everything but the wop. <laughs> <laughs> We're children. We are children. We are 16-year-old boys. So you wash it and you remove everything but the WAP. The WAP remains. <laughs> the WAP has staying power. Okay. All right. So the WAP adheres to fingerprint impressions. Let's think about that. The WAP adheres to fingerprint impressions. All I keep thinking is macaroni in, in a, a pot. pot. That's so bad. Yep. Okay. Keep macaroni going. in a pot. So All right. Yeah. So anyways, sticky surfaces often provide excellent fingerprints. So WAP <laughs> turns out is a very useful substance. Yeah. She's I mean, who knew? Something. Yeah. Who knew that WAP solved crimes? Like, all you need is some WAP to solve a crime. So it looks like Cardi B needs to write a follow-up song with us. Yes. Cardi? Yeah. Add us. Yes. Cardi, if your rap career goes stagnant, yeah. you can use the WAP to solve crimes. Oh, my gosh. She's like a superhero. I know. I knew she was. I mean, I know that the vagina is very powerful. <laughs> solve crimes. But who knew that vaginas solve crimes? <laughs> I mean, fuck. They give life. They are they are powerful. Bucket in a, in a mop. mop. That's what I keep thinking of. So anyways, yeah, WAP totally okay. solved crimes with some WAP. All right. All right. Back, yep. to, back right. to it. Back to it. So, anyways. Okay. Yeah. All right. The identity of the dismembered woman in the bags was easily verified through fingerprints to be that of Anna Marie Lewandowski. The suspect's fingerprints were harder to get because Addie used rubber gloves. Oh. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Eventually, the lab found Addie's fingerprints in several pieces of evidence, including bags, tape. So tape, we know WAP was used. Yep. Because the bags were probably a non-porous substance, so they were able to powder those. Yeah. The tape, they needed Cardi B's WAP. Yep. Yep. To help. And the most revealing, two handwritten notes that had been torn and discarded in plastic bags in the dumpster. So all three fingerprint methods were used in this case. Pretty interesting. The notes that were found would need to be reconstructed by another lab specialist. I can't wait to hear what's on these notes. Isn't this exciting? 
exciting. Very. I know. I was writing this and I was like, oh my God. Well, yeah. number one, I got super excited about the WAP reference. I'm sure I, like, you did. I took a picture of it and sent it to Jessica. I was like, oh shit. I got, some, are... I got some jokes brewing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the notes moved along to be to the question documents uh, departments. <laughs> so question documents um, analysis typically works cases including forged checks, threatening letters, altered documents, forged suicide notes, and ransom letters. Mm. So were they around when John Banana, have they read any of that? I'm sure they, you know... <laughs> okay. In the Addy case, the department reconstructed the two torn up notes found in the dumpster. The notes were almost identical in content. One was written in cursive and the other was printed. Ooh, I'm going to write it in cursive. They're mm-hmm. not going to, oh my gosh. And he's like, oh, I, why did I print this? I should write in cursive. Yeah. Ugh. Each note had a step-by-step plan for Anna Marie's murder. Step one. <laughs> <laughs> Step two. Just so me much and you. you. Step three. It's just you. <laughs> Step four. I can give you, you more. more. Step five. Don't you know that the time has arrived? <laughs> Step six. There's no right cursive. Right cursive. <laughs> okay. Step five. Step I couldn't help it. Ooh, baby. Okay, don't sing it too much because we we'll have to pay royalties to or something. Girl. Okay, step one, listen all. Do you think all... he sang this to her before? He no, <laughs> but he know when he was writing, he was thinking of it. <laughs> what we didn't we didn't go into like their backgrounds. Like, how old was this guy? He's twenty six. Okay, yeah. So, and it was two thousand three. So he's like two years older than me. Three okay. years older than me. Okay, so no, he was he oh, knew the he reference. Knew. He knew he knew new kids on the block for sure. Step. <laughs> oh my gosh, I gotta keep reading this. Okay, so it's so good. Step one listed all that I'm gonna just stop step saying it. <laughs> okay. Just so you know, step two is my favorite. I know that's why I keep I know like I gotta I know, get to I'm this. excited. List all of the deviant sexual details he would request when calling the escort service. Step two said eat one cup of grape nuts. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Step one, say all the weird shit you want to do. Step two, eat breakfast. Yeah. Grape nuts. Something healthy. Yeah, you need some... Get my energy. Energy. (laughs) Does grape nuts have protein? I don't know. Nuts. Nuts. Fiber. Oh, is it? No, nuts. Nuts have protein, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's not. It's cereal. Grape nuts. Have you ever eaten grape nuts? Oh, grape nuts. Cereal. That's right. Okay. I mean, if I'm going to... If I'm going to perform... Grapes and nuts. No, Maggie. They're like... They're like little pebbles. There's some bullshit cereal that your grandparents give you. Yeah. Oh, sugar then. It's terrible. Okay. So if you're going to commit a murder, what are you going to eat before you commit a murder? Burger. A burger? burger? I don't know. <laughs> Jessica, don't eat custard. No. <laughs> I'm like, it ain't going to happen. They're just going to get away. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to eat the same thing I ate before like, I went to the hospital to have a baby. I'm just going to, like... You can't eat anything. I don't remember. Oh, I did. Like, my water broke at home, and I called the doctor, and she's like, you need to eat something before you come in. What? Because you're not going to be able to eat for, like, a really long time. And I said, what really? should I eat? And she's like, eat a lot of protein. So I made myself an omelet. They told me that. They told oh. me not to eat anything uh, my, me too. Like, I made an omelet. Eight hours? My doctor was, like, old school. So I made, like, an omelet, and I made a bunch of food. And you ate of protein. It, and it probably helped you. I did because I was in labor for like a whole day. I know. The next time I wasn't like that. And but... It's just for anesthesia though. So the doctor was pretty confident that you were going to have a natural. Birth. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, she told me. Yeah. Eat something. Eat a lot of protein. And I did. So anyways, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, you know, reading this. Well, if I was going to kill somebody... I need what would some be fucking my energy. step two? Yeah. Step two. I'd want make like an omelet. I would want like a big frappuccino. Like yeah. I need a lot with like extra shot of espresso. Because I would need, need energy. energy. It's going to be exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I would drink some coffee too. Yeah. Coffee. But I'd also eat some protein. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me see what these next steps are because I'm super interested. Okay. So it then moved along uh, detail by detail until step six. So what was... Three, four, and five. I don't know. I couldn't find it. I looked really hard. That's okay. Step six read, ask the girl's name. 
next to which Addie had drawn a smiley face and then read, then said, step seven, read, change to calling her Worm instead of her name. So he calls her, he says, what's your name? And then she's like, Anna Marie. And he, then he's like, okay, now you switch to calling her Worm. Oh my gosh, yeah. I hate this guy. I know. So the plan specified in further uh, steps when to turn the stereo and TV and when to cut the victim's body into quarters. The court ordered um, Addie to provide both print and cursive writing samples. The question documents, documents department was able to determine that Addie was definitely the author and the investigators now had a step-by-step plan, dang it, <laughs> for how the murder was carried out. Next, the crime scene evidence went to the DNA analysis lab, which is the fastest growing area of forensic science. The Milwaukee DNA lab processed almost twice as many cases as any other Milwaukee crime department. Isn't that insane? That's great. I know. Kudos to them. I know. They are busy people. Good. And they also currently have no backlog. So since Addie's um, intentions toward Lewandowski were at least partially sexual, the medical examiner swabbed her vaginal and rectal regions for DNA. These swabs were sent to the crime lab for comparison with DNA samples taken from Addie. The DNA swab from uh, Lewandowski came back positive for Addie's semen, even though he had insisted that he did not have sex with Lewandowski. The case was growing even stronger against him. I know. They're working hard on this. I'm glad, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Next, additional evidence was processed by the firearms and tool marks examiner. No firearms were used in Lewandowski's murder, but police did seize a 22 caliber semi-automatic rifle from Addie's apartment. Hmm. Addie had been found guilty of two counts of sexual assault in 1995 when he was 18 and was by law forbidden from possessing firearms. Mm-hmm. So on top of being charged for murder and mutilating a corpse which was the law put on the books after the Dahmer murders, by the way. Addie was also charged with being a felon in possession of a firearm. The rifle was sent to the unit to verify it was still functional, because that would mean that he was actually in possession of a firearm. Yeah. Because if it wasn't functional... Like an antique or something. Right, like for decoration or some shit. The examination proved conclusively that Addie's rifle was still operational. Although it did not matter much at this point, the felon in possession of firearm charge would stand against him. There was vast amounts of evidence collected against Addie, and the police also had recovered many pharmaceutical pills from his apartment. They were submitted to the crime lab's drug identification unit for analysis. In this analysis, chemicals are added to a small sample of the questioned substance. The chemicals react and turned various colors to show the family of drugs present in the seized substances. This knowledge then allows them to start further testing, which is 99.9% certain to give the answer as to what is in a given mixture. So he used, like, every department, every... Yes! Cost the state a shit ton of money is what I'm reading. Yes. Okay. I know. Cost them a shit ton of money. But yeah. isn't it fascinating? It is. But I just think, like, all I know. the work, you know, I know. what I'm thinking. Because he wouldn't fucking talk. Yeah. So they're trying really hard to build an ironclad case against him. Mm-hmm. So he is costing the state a ton of fucking yeah. money yep. because he's a shithead. He's trying to like test every single, I mean. Yeah. yeah. All right. So the drugs recovered from Addie's apartment were determined to be the sleep medication Ambien. Okay. The Milwaukee County Medical Examiner's Office also found this drug in Lewandowski's system. It is not known if she took it voluntarily or was drugged by Addie. It was in her system, but it certainly doesn't look good. Doesn't, yeah. Right. So with all this evidence, the crime lab helped law enforcement to construct a timeline of the event. So after luring Lewandowski to his apartment, which I don't really think he lured her. I think he just kind he of... He just hired her. Hired her, yeah. yeah. Um, Addie struck... Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, you... But that's probably what was said. I'm just thinking, you know... Yeah. Hmm. Um, Addie struck and killed her with a hammer from behind while engaging um, engaged in sex. He then used a hacksaw and knives to dismember her body, sealed the remains in bags, and discarded them in the apartment dumpster. The crime lab considered this case to be a forensic grand slam, and a representative stated, Seldom is evidence collected from a crime scene that, through lab analysis, paints such a complete and detailed picture of the crime. 
So his only possible defense to the charge of murder and mutilating a corpse was an insanity plea. In his statements to detectives and mental health professionals, he claimed he discovered passages in the Bible naming him as the Messiah. I call bullshit. I yeah. think, yeah. I'll... I think he's... I think he's trying to get that. Absolutely. In order to save himself and the world from the devil, he said he had been commanded by evil spirits to make a sacrifice. Nope. Say a court appointed um, forensic uh, psychologist concluded that while Addie did show emerging signs of schizophrenia at the time of the murder, his efforts to dispose of the body and clean the crime scene demonstrated an understanding of right and wrong. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Judge Richard Sankovitz however disagreed and found Addie to be not guilty by reason of insanity what i know i don't like that at all Mm-mm. so on january 5th 2008 Addie was sent by court order to mendota mental hospital a state-run mental institution where he remains under confinement today so Addie has since petitioned for his release at least twice and a judge has stated that he will likely be Released sooner than later. What a great thought. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? While doctors say he is doing well on medication and his mental rehabilitation, Anna Marie Lewandowski's family says they hope he never gets free. I hope every time he comes up for whatever kind of parole that her family's there fighting it. They were there. He came up twice and they were there. (sighs) I would fight that shit tooth and nail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Annette Lewandowski, her mother, was quoted as saying after hearing Addie's progress and potential release in the future, I could not sit there and listen to that, and I can't fathom his release. Did you? You people know what he did to her, right? They couldn't ID her body except for a tattoo on her ankle. A person who is capable of that should never be set free. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Mama Lewandowski. Yeah. Mama Lewandowski. I mean... I just... I always feel, whenever I think about their families, like, thinking about how they must feel knowing what their family members' final moments were like. Yeah. The horror. The terror. Awful. Fear. Mm-hmm. Maggie, what are your thoughts on this guy? Instead of... Beep, boop, boop, beep, Yeah, boop, instead boop. of the robot talk. Beep, boop, 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 yeah. boop. You know, sometimes... When I hear all this story, I try to be a little empathetic to see what they're going through. I don't know. I personally do not think this guy is mentally ill. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's fucked up in the head. Some sort of mentally ill. I don't think he's schizophrenic. I think he made that shit up. schizophrenic. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, he has issues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody that do that to somebody. But he cleaned it up. You know? And I just go back to, like, the case we did before, the Slender Man and those girls, they just left her, you know, like, they didn't try to clean it up or make it, like, mm-hmm. they, you know what I'm saying? Like, that was, like, true mental illness, I feel. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying he's not, you know. It's just so much different type yeah. of mental illness, though. And he had it like, written down, like, like, I do this, and then you do this. Like, like he a, was like doing it. Like a psychopath, it. sociopathic kind of shit. Yeah. I just don't know about schizophrenia. Yeah. I don't think it was schizophrenia. Mm-mm. I think he tried to play that way. Right. I think it's easy to try to play that yeah. way. Yeah. I'm the Messiah. And Satan told me and to I do it. I had to do this. I had to make a sacrifice. Yeah. I think it's some bullshit. So crazy. So, all right. So that is the case of um, Mr. Keith Addy. Keith Addy and Amory Lewandowski. So, as far as the places we went, so we'll start with uh, Stephen Zelich's apartment on Lincoln Avenue in West Dallas. Mm-hmm. It was like a four. Four family. Like a four family. It's right on Lincoln Avenue. It's a busy street. Mm-hmm. It right was by my high school. Very unassuming. It wasn't like... Yeah. It was just an apartment. You've driven... I've probably driven past that thing a thousand times. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and never thought about... Oh, you know, it's just unassuming, I should say. Yeah, it's just like a normal four-family apartment. West Dallas apartment. Yeah. On Lincoln Avenue. Um, I went to high school just four blocks away from there, right yeah. down the street. But I want to know one. So he he the other guy had the efficiency. So okay, did he have a second refrigerator? Was that his only fridge? No, it sounded like he was his only like, fridge. What did they do with that well, fridge? He's a psycho. I mean, he doesn't mind putting his. It's like my fridge is full. It's like our fridge over the holidays where you don't have any room for food. 
Yeah. It's like your your fridge in the holidays is just like overflowing. Yeah. He's, yeah, I'm sure he was. And he's stuff like, in there. he's so shit. sick. Yeah, he probably still put his condiments and still in there. Something absolutely ranch yeah. dressing. His ranch next to <laughs> next to the head. I can't. Well, now were they both in the same fridge? That's what I'm like. I need to look into more because were they both in the same fridge? Was there two different fridges? You know what I'm saying? So I, mean, I want to know where the fridge was, all those things. And then like, so the, the people in the apartment were complaining of the smell, like how it started to smell and he had to get rid of the bodies and the suitcases, mm-hmm. you know? So there are three other apartments. Could you imagine being somebody that lived in one of the other apartments? Like, what is that Like, it's been there for a year. Like, and then you find out that there's bodies in there for over a year? What'd you notice? Horrible. Well, it was in the fridge. And maybe he only opened it, you know, like, because I wouldn't feel like it would smell until you opened it. You know what I'm saying? Am I being too creepy? All the more reason for him to keep it closed. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, and then the second place we went to... um, Heartbreakers, which is a strip club in West Dallas where he frequented and, and stalked dancers at, and that's where he would, you know, hang out and have the follow the dancers and pull them over. And, and it was right by his house. Yeah. Heartbreakers is on like 80, like, I don't know, 87th and National. And then his apartment is on 80th and Lincoln. So literally, he could like walk there. Yeah, block that way and yeah. another two that way. Yeah. yeah crazy. Uh, so then, then the other place we went to was Keith Addy's apartment. It's on National Avenue in West Dallas. What a bunch, like, that whole, this little area, so much craziness. Yeah. So we saw the, you know, it wasn't the exact dumpster. I'm a thousand percent sure it's not the same one. No. But to be, like, to see where his apartment was in another, probably, what do you think that was? It was like a two family or there was, was there they're four? They're all efficiency. So it might even be like six or eight in there. Oh, Who maybe. Knows? Because if it's just an efficiency, it's, it's just like a little tiny. So it could be like eight apartments in that building. That one. And then the dumpster was very close. So if he lived on the ground, he just had a couple steps right into the dumpster, right, right. into the dumpster. He had so many bags. It was right behind the apartment. Yeah. And so the apartment's crazy. on a corner. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of... It's busy. a busy street. There's there's an elementary school right there. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, Gross. it was creepy. I mean, not a creepy building, but very unassuming, normal, nice, mm-hmm. safe neighborhood. But just creepy knowing what happened there. Mm-hmm. I guess I was a little less creeped out at the first one because he didn't kill anyone there. Yeah. It's creepy knowing that he had the bodies there for a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the other one, it's like... Okay. He did that, yeah. He killed her there and dismembered her and then dumped her in a dumpster. Probably not that yeah. same dumpster, yeah. but a dumpster that was right there in that same spot. How do you but live? You can see pictures of us standing there. In those apartments. How how can you live there? I don't know. You know? Like, They're even I wouldn't be able to... cheap. Yeah. I'm sure they are. But I couldn't even live in that anywhere. I don't care if it happened the one next to me. I wouldn't live to the one next to it. I would be so freaked out. I wouldn't out. live in the building. No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I wouldn't... So crazy. Yeah. Oh, so... So then the last place we went had nothing to do with crime. It was just Euros. Just, we went to Golden Euros because it's it's a fixture of my childhood and teen years growing up in West Dallas, and it's the bomb custard... It is a bomb on Jessica. <laughs> oh, it's like... It's oh the bomb God. custard and Euro place in West Dallas. Everybody that grows up there just loves it. So I took the girls there. Yes. And it was delicious. It was very fun. Yeah, and we had... um Custard in the car. Yes. And listen to JB. And listen to Justin Bieber. So listen to some Bieber bangers. We're believers. I love Bieber. <laughs> it was very fun. It so, was super fun. All right. So I know so a lot of it. you, yeah, a lot of you guys know, I mean, numerous people already commented on the picture like they knew the case. I mean, do you have anything to add or any further details? I yeah. love getting the email saying, oh, I have something to add, or I used to work with this person. Love or, it. Yeah, so fun. So, yeah, if you, know, you have any information, like if you knew these people, like a lot of mm-hmm. listeners or people that I grew up with, if you ever had any interactions with these people, like growing up or living in West Dallas or anything, um, holla at us. Yeah, slide, like she says, slide into Heather's. Slide. DMs on My Instagram DMs. at beep, Down Murder beep, Lame <laughs> or on Facebook, Down Murder Lane, a true crime podcast, or email us at Down Murder Lane podcast at gmail.com. Send us a Pony Express. What's that? Pony Express? Yeah, 
back in the day? What's a Pony Express? It was like the the first like mail service. Like it was like a horse and a buggy, and they would like you send your uh, what? Yeah. Yeah, 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 carrier pigeon. <laughs> I'm a Harry pigeon. Potter nerd. Send me an owl. Oh, I love Harry Potter. You love Harry. You like Potter? Harry Potter? You could send me an owl. I love it. Okay. Well, send us yeah. Just but preferably just slide in my DMs. Yes. I want to know. It's so interesting. That's the like thing. the best part, and then we get to talk about it. I mean, it. I got somebody slid in my DMs while we were recording this. This is wonderful. And I saw it, and it yeah. was a case suggestion. Yes. I love that shit. Yeah. Megan, thank you for the DM. Love we'll it. We'll look into it. Love so. that shit. And thank you, Maggie, for being yes. Maggie. Thank you for having us. We love you, Maggie. We, we told her so she fun. was doing it. She's coming with us. The thing is about Maggie is she's a good sport. Yeah. Maggie likes the stuff, but she's not as, like... Into it as us. No, but she's always ride or die along with us. She shakes her head at us and, like, you guys are fucking weird. Mm-hmm. But and I And she got you. us the coolest keychains. Yeah. Saying to stay weird and be Don't true die. and stay alive. And That's she... like our freaking motto. She accepts us for who we are. It's true. We love you, Maggie. Oh, and, you know, a lot guys. of people would just be like, I don't know. I can't be friends with these chicks. Well, we've had some. These broad, yeah, some girls. <laughs> They've we've dipped had out. some that are like, that's it's enough. It's too much. It's really interesting, though. I love it. It's, yeah. I like it. Good. I yeah. It. Some yes. friends have broken up with us. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. Let's not get into Not ride or dies. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, All right. until next time. Take that trip. But pack wisely. Because you never know who you will run into. Down Down Murder Murder Lane. Lane. Bye. Bye.